Have you ever wondered why some young people choose to end their lives? Ever wondered who they are and who they left behind? Have you ever wanted to hear their stories? Would you like answers to these questions and many more? Welcome to Suicide Pages with Dr. Lulu. Her mission is to shine light on these young people, create awareness for, and educate the world on youth suicide. Opinions expressed in this podcast are those of Dr. Lulu and her guests. They are not a substitute for professional advice. If you are experiencing suicidal thoughts, call 1-800-273-TALK or send a text to www.crisistextline.org. Now, here's Dr. Lulu. Everybody, it is me, Dr. Lulu, aka the Marmatrician, coming at y'all this morning with a brand new guest. Let me tell you something. You guys think I have ADHD? My ADHD went 10x when I got contacted by this gentleman's people. Okay, they were like, "We want him. He wants to come on your show." I'm like, "Me, little me, like the little girl who cooled." So, without further ado, my guest is Leo Flowers, all the way from. Las Vegas by way of Chicago, I want to say, yeah? Well, I'm in San Diego right now. I, I live in L.A., but I'm, I'm quarantining in uh, San Diego. It's, L.A. is too hot right now. It's too hot to have to get out. Let me tell you something. When I was seven months pregnant with my first son, who turns 20, not 22, on the 29th of May, I took a trip to San Diego as a medical resident at, at Howard, because I went to HU, you know? And yeah, yeah. I went to do a paper presentation and I fell in love with San Diego. And I made a promise to myself. I said, I'm going to retire in this place. I don't know when, but I'm going to. So it's a sign that I'm speaking to someone who is in San Diego. So we're going to have to talk offline about that. How are you, yeah, my yeah. brother? What's going on? You know, I'm, I'm feeling blessed. You know, I, I wake up every day and I just I do a little gratitude. Uh, uh, you know, one of the biggest ch- game changers for me, because so we're talking about COVID-19 and, you know, this whole self-distancing is, uh, you know, having a routine and, and not hitting that snooze button. You know, when you wake up, when I wake up, I get up. And, and that's such a, uh, it's just a way to start the day. Let the day know, not today. I got you. I'm not, mm-hmm. you, yeah, I'm, I'm going to tell you how today is going to go. You, not the I'll other way. The, I'll be the, yes, that's it. Yeah, that's yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll be the judge of that. I'll be the judge of how this day is going to go. I love it. I love it. So I already, right off the bat, we got, we got nuggets. Don't hit the snooze button. Nah, nah. I am about, I, I say just keep the kinetic energy going. And, and I have to go back to my physics days from high school. When, when, when a body is resting, of course, it has inertia. And I have to use mechanical energy to pick up the body, which is a rock or whatever. When I toss it, it's kinetic energy. But when that rock lands, it moves other rocks transferring the energy and i want you to be that rock who gets up and just mm, and pushes somebody else to keep going and you told me you woke up at five o'clock this morning i want to believe it's because of me because you're so excited <laughs> on my podcast who knows <laughs> <laughs> but i'm an early riser as well so so yes. welcome to the show thank you so much i listened to like six or seven of your podcasts i was just going back i was like oh my god just just so 
authentic and so real and so vulnerable. I just, uh, that's what I got. I got vulnerability. And that's why I love podcasts because you can't see the eyes, you can't see the faces, but the voice, you will tell when someone is faking. I tell you, you will tell. So right, right. really impressed. So we, my podcast is basically formless. It's without shape or form. I just let you go how you want to. And I have people just say, where do you want to start? And just tell us your story. It's about people who are talking their walk. And um, you, can't, you can't get it if you haven't been on that journey. So where do you want to start, my brother? Because I don't know well, much. You know, we can start with the vulnerability and, 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 you know, why you felt so connected. You know, I, I was reading Abraham Lincoln's book uh, on melancholy, and it talked about how uh, it was his melancholy, his, his depression, his fight with, with suicide out is not, not his fight, but his, uh, his, in, his inclination and, uh, and struggle with suicidality that propelled him to greatness. There were, there were so many times and a lot of people haven't read this book or at least referenced it, but, uh, it's called, uh, Abraham Lincoln, how his melancholy fueled his greatness. And in that book, as much as he, throughout his life, wanted to end his life, he also talked about stirring up the world. He was so angered by the, uh, the slavery, the inequality, the injustices of the world, that uh, although he struggled, you know, he'd walk out into the woods with a gun in his hand, but, but and his friends would, would corral him. This is, I mean, this was a public thing. He didn't, he didn't suffer quietly. His friends would corral him and actually quarantine him and, uh, and, and lock him up for, for a few days to protect him uh, from himself. But he is struggling with all that. He still wanted to make a change in the world and, and didn't really want to be the president, didn't really want to be at the forefront, but, but he also didn't want to sit back and let nothing and do nothing. And so we see this. With, with uh, Lincoln, I'm, I'm reading uh, George Washington's book also. We see this in, in, in great people where there's a struggle. Of, I, 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 there's a part of them that doesn't want to do what they're doing, but then there's a part of them that's so angered and, 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 and fueled by the injustices that they can't do nothing. And so they have to, they have to constantly overcome themselves in order to make a, a dent and, and change in the world. Uh, so I bring that up to say that uh, we, we read these books about, uh, you know, getting rid of your fear, how to, how to get rid of your anger. And, but when you read these bios and when you talk to actual people who have achieved some level of greatness, you realize they never got rid of it. They used it, it fueled them. They, they found a way to, to, alka, to, to, to alchemize it so that it, it, it did good in the world and it had an impact. So whatever you, that anxiety that you're struggling with, that loneliness that you're struggling with, that, that hopelessness, there is, there's fuel in there and it can be used for something to make an impact. It's not something to, to put away in the attic like it's some old photos or to be put in the basement like it did something wrong, like, like you're punishing that part of yourself is something that should be uh, shared and, and explored for its utility. It serves a purpose. You know, the anxiety serves a purpose. The depression 
serves a purpose. It, it all is, you know, uh, Einstein who struggled with bipolar, uh, he said, when they asked him, how did he manage the, the highs and lows, the manics and the depression? He said, well, when I was manic, I worked. And when I was depressed, I didn't work. And I understand that's a very, that's an oversimplification. And, and, and a lot of people don't have that luxury of not working when they don't feel like it. Uh, however, it's, it's a testament to if we learn to go with the flow. Uh, of, of, of our emotions, of, of the universe, and, and ride the wave instead of trying to force something, trying to put that, you know, in kindergarten, the, the, the first game you learn is putting the shapes into the different holes, the triangle into the triangle shape, and the circle into the circle shape, and, and, and you, there was always that one kid that tried to put the square in a circle, in a triangle, in a square, and, and was just baffled by why it didn't work. And we become adults and we're still trying to do the same thing and we get the hammer and we're trying to just bang it in there when really it's just a, a matter of just, you know, twisting it or trying different pieces. But, 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 they, but they, they take that away from us, the school systems and sometimes your parents and society, the, the exploration, the experimentation, we're afraid to fail, so we try to get it right, or we try to force it to be right. When, when really we can, it's an it's an opportunity to play. This quarantine, that's what this quarantine is. This is not a. This is not. This is not about you. Uh, this is not a rehearsal. Know, this is the life. real. This is not a rehearsal. This is like the, the yeah, real. Yeah, this is not a rehearsal. This is this rehearsal. is the real thing right now. But this is also an opportunity for people to to play, to explore. To, 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 to make mistakes, to, to kind of tinker around and fiddle and, and, and see, hey, you know what? I've been thinking, I was thinking about writing a book or I was thinking about taking Spanish. Right now I'm taking Spanish, guitar, uh, sign language, uh, I'm trying to get in some helicopter uh, because I'm not, listen, my thing is, is how do I, I want to emerge from this? All right. How do I want to when, when this quarantine lifts, if it lifts, it may never lift. Right. So I can't afford to think, oh, I, as soon as I get from A to B, it's that uh, uh, myth of arrival. Uh, 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 Andrea, Dr. Andrea Bonnier talks about it in her book, uh, Detox Your Thoughts, where uh, we all have this myth of arrival. We all think, oh, once I get here. Once I accomplish this, once, you know, I achieve that, once I get married, then my life will be wonderful. And it's not your fault. The movies have taught us this. And, and people teach you this. People go, oh, man, once you, you know, it's like you get married. They're like, oh, my God, once you get married, your life will be. Once you go to the Bahamas, your life, this will be. And, and we have these expectations. Of once we land somewhere, we all been on vacations, got there. And it didn't turn out the way we thought it was going to be. You know, I, you know I, I've been there. I just got back from Peru. It was wonderful, but we didn't get a chance to hike Machu Picchu because uh, the quarantine had just hit. So the day before we were going to hike Machu Picchu, we had to leave. We had 24 hours to get out the country before they shut the whole thing down. But what was amazing was the, um, the, the, the hike we did before Machu Picchu was better than Machu Picchu when I talked to other people because it 
because Machu Picchu is not the highest peak. It's, a, it's actually a pretty low peak, and we did the highest peak. So sometimes you get to a place and it's better than you anticipated, or it's not what you anticipated. But I wasn't mad that we didn't hike Machu Picchu because I enjoyed the journey, right? And that's what it's about, the journey, and I enjoyed the people I was with. That's what you have to ask yourself. It's not about arriving to a place. It's how do you want to arrive? Who do you want to arrive with? You know, look at your spouse. Is this the person that you want to go on a journey with? Is this the person that you want to go through the highs and lows? We had to escape in 24 hours. And it was nobody I'd, I'd rather had been with than my girl. Me and my girl, we, we, we get zero dark 30. We get real Navy, scene, real Navy SEALs real quick. You know, we're like a task force. So when stuff hits the ceiling, we, we trust each other so much and our communication is so great that I, I actually thrived. I loved, I loved every minute of trying to escape Peru in 24 hours. It was, it was wonderful. And it's a story that, that we can share. Yeah. So it's not about the arrival. It's about the process and falling in love with the process. And, and so if you're, if you're struggling with depression, there's a process of unraveling how the the sources of your depression and 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 how it feels and how it shows up like where does it show up in the body and what what are those moments find those moments when you uh don't experience the depression right because a lot of us like to identify with our pain oh i'm depressed you're not always depressed i don't care i don't care what whether you're talking about depression whether you're talking about anxiety whether you're talking about bipolar like you're not always that thing. Oh my and God, I love to. you so much. I, I have to say something. I love yes. you because you have found the essence of the silver lining. Mm. No matter what the tornado is, it will start one day and it will end. There might be destruction, but it will end. What are you going to be doing while it's going on? Like there are silver linings in every storm. Every wave goes up and comes down. Every wave. But there are people who wait for that, oh yeah, I'm depressed now. Well, what about in between, before you got depressed? Like, what are you doing to move the needle? Oh, I love you. I've been writing, I stopped writing. I'm like, okay, I'm done. <laughs> you said every single thing that I've ever thought in my life. You're a reader, I love that, I love that. You even threw in the quarantine, Abe Lincoln, anchoring the pain for maximum impact. I was raped when I was in medical school. I was assaulted in high school. I was assaulted as a nine-year-old. And when I, as a doctor, I was depressed and suicidal. When I went public, they're like, what, why are you, why are you, why are you telling people about it? I said, because I'm no longer a victim of it. Like that happened to me. But you know, I want to use my pain to propel my purpose. All three Ps, like, come on now, what? So what, I'm not the first one that it happened to. I'm not going to be the last, but I'm going to use my pain so I can help the next person to deal with theirs. Because I'm done. I'm no longer in that victimhood. I'm in thrivinghood. I moved, y'all. But people are like, they're still stuck there. Oh, well, power to you. Well, you can have the power too. Do you want to? Can you handle the freedom that it's going to give you? Can you? People are afraid of that freedom. They don't want to have the freedom anymore. So they're like, uh, let me just stay here because this is safe. It's not safe. You have to keep on growing. Even an old woman who is 95 years old, if you cut their hair, the hair will grow back. That tells you that your body is still wanting you to grow. 
whether your mind, you know how um, Prince E.A. said, people die at 25, but they are buried at 75. They, yeah. Their whole soul and spirit been dead for a minute, you know? So why do you want to be that person? Ah, I love you. I love you. This is going to be epic. I'm, I'm, I'm enjoying it. Please keep going. But I just had to recognize just your mindset. I love it that you freed your mind. And the fact that, yes, I still have down days. Yesterday morning, I cried all morning yesterday. But today... Mm. Right, absolutely. Not every day that is a good day, but that's okay. Yeah. Who wants an all all day good? That's mania. That's not good. <laughs> and and I, and and I love I love that you shared the crying because I you know I cried a couple times during this quarantine. Oh, oh. And, and the tears flowed down, and Leo Flowers had to get in the shower. You know, I could I didn't want my girl to see the I tears know. down my face, so I got in the shower and put my forehead up on the on my forearm and I just laid there and made it look like I was just basking in this, mm. in this shower, like I had a long day, but the tears were flowing because there were feelings of overwhelm. There were yes. feelings of grief. There was yes. feelings of, of a loss. Cause I had, a, I had, a, I had the way my life was before this quarantine, before this, before this self distancing was a certain way. And then it just suddenly, it felt like overnight it was, it was stripped away and I had to make a change and a transition. And, and it felt like a tragedy. And, and, and there's a part of me, believe me, that wants to, I, I, I want to go back to how things were. And I, and I got a place in LA I haven't seen in three months. And I have, I have people up there and places I want to go and people I want to touch. And, and then I'm going through the regrets of the people who I said I would see. And I was like, I promise I'll come visit you. I'll come see you soon. And, and I've been saying that for years. And now it feels like I'll never get that chance again. And, and so I'm now I'm mad at myself because I should have took the opportunity to make those connections, those human connections when they mattered. It's like, it, but, but, it, but what's beautiful is that this quarantine is making us realize what we value because I'm not thinking about, uh, oh, I'm, I'm not having regrets about, uh, you know, uh, playing in the NFL as I played college football. I'm not having regrets about achievement. I'm having regrets about connection, connection. about the mental about I have a nephew. I have a nephew in, in Texas who I said, I was like, yeah, I'll come see you, I'll come see you. I've been saying that for years, and he's just growing up before me on Zoom. And 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 I'm, I'm so sad, I'm mad at myself that I'm missing this growth and this and and his and his new experiences, and he's speaking Spanish now and some Korean. But do you know the funny thing about it though? I double dare you that if things hadn't been this way, you would have still not gone to see your nephew. You yes. would have still not gone to wherever. Right. And, and that's why I love the fact that you said the quarantine helps us know who we care about, what yes. we really do care about. Like yes. I, I use Oprah, God help me, maybe I, I keep calling her because one day I'm going to be on her show. Yes. I think you, know, you can be Oprah. You can have the biggest, fanciest house with 10, 10 helicopters or whatever, 25 cars. You can't go anywhere. Yeah. You have to now learn how to appreciate your little square footage, you and your kids. I met my son, the man, like he was a boy before the quarantine. Today, he's a man. I had to be forced to see him as a man. The other day, he went shopping and he said, mom, don't worry, I got it. He got the grocery. I cried for my mom. He was like, oh, my baby is growing. He's going to go to his master's now. He's supposed to be graduating in three weeks from Stanford, but we can't do that because of quarantine. And he's going to go off to New York, to Connecticut to, for his master's. And now I'm like, oh, my God, when he, when he goes this time, he's gone. Like, that's it, you know? And I had to, I'm forcing myself to know him 
how much I can now because we all have a finite time on this earth. And I tell you, Mother Earth was like, y'all, take a seat, take a back seat, I'm yeah. done. <laughs> she was like, she said, you know what, y'all, take a freaking back seat. Finally, for the first time in years, we can see the skyline of LA. Shame on us. Shame that it took this. You see the skyline of Beijing. Shame on us. She was like, y'all, I'm done. Take a time out. Everybody, stay home. And when the mother speaks, you know. Mm. You know. And what I love is, is that the, the, the ozone layer healed. And in less than a month, they were like, it, it closed up. And, and, you know, for so many decades, the scientists and the news and the media is like, it's going to take years for this ozone layer to repair itself. It's going to take decades. It's going to take billions of dollars. And it took one month. It took less than 30 days for the ozone layer, this thing that we thought was so impossible to heal itself. And, and it's a lesson because so many of us think that we have to what do we have to do to heal? To heal. I knew you were going to say that. I love it. I love it. I was just, I, I knew some, many of us, if the ozone layer could heal, mm. if the ozone layer could heal. That's what I wrote down. If it could heal, imagine what you could. And in, in a month. So that tells you that is a month, is three months. However long you want to take to heal is how long it's going to take you to heal. Imagine if, if, imagine if we did the quarantine for three months, how much better the world would be. But I, I declare that I'm happy that we don't get to go back, even though I miss it. I miss wearing my dress-up shoes and stuff. I still am happy because I went to see the doctor two days ago, you know, yesterday morning. And for the first time in, a, in my 51 years, I was able to look at people's eyes because mm. one has a mask. And so my blog post for this next month is going to be, I could see their eyes, everybody's eyes. And you know the eyes are the ultimate window to your soul. Because I can't see of anything else except your eyes. I'm forced to connect with you whether I like it or not. So that was, oh, I was so excited. I'm an energy kind of person. I look yeah. for energy. I was so happy. I, I just, oh. Mm. I love that. I love that. You know, I hadn't even thought about that. The, the fact that, it, and it's like why when you go to Muslim countries, the, you know, they, they adorn the eyes so much and, you know, the eyelashes and a the, and the, and the heavy makeup because that's where we communicate and that's where we talk and, and the eye gazing is such an uh, important part. And it's one of those things that we don't, when we talk about connection, when we talk about feelings of loneliness, I mean, really what we're talking about is two things. I mean, there's, there's more that's involved, but one is the eye contact. I mean, when was the last time you really looked in someone's eyes, it's especially your partner's eyes, it's for longer than five seconds? It's been yeah. missing for years. And then yeah. I, that's the first thing I noticed two day, yesterday. I keep saying two days ago. That's the first thing I noticed. I went to the store. I went to Alibaba here. It's, a, it's an Egyptian store. Everybody's eyes. I was like, oh. I wanted to stay out more. I went to the bank and I saw their eyes. I saw everybody's eyes. And I could tell who had pain who's been in pain for a while, who was liberated, who was happy to see me, who was not happy. I could see everyone's soul. I mean, I was so happy. I mean, I, I came home and I told, I said, guys, I, I saw everybody's eyes. They were like, mom, what do you, my kids think I'm nuts and they're like, mom, what, what? what? And I said, no, but I actually saw their eyes. So, mm, I don't know, man. If you, you, you may not get it if you're not someone that's got like energy kind of person, but you, I know you get it. And I've been looking at your eyes all day. I've been sneaking at your eyes because you also have hazel eyes. I'm like, yes, 
And then on my podcast, and I don't know if you know this or not, on my podcast, males on my podcast are unicorns. Black males are unicorns, unicorns, because I can't find them to come on my podcast and talk real, real talk about depression, about being broken, about being vulnerable, about allowing yourself to feel the burn and the pain, because it's okay. And indeed, if you embrace it, you will rise. Yes. You will rise. But, but will you embrace it? That's the fear. And so I'm having another event, and it's going to be called Dr. Lulu's Dear Dad Summit, Virtual Summit. I want only fathers to come, and let's talk about those things that we want to put lock away. Growing up, my dad was a general, retired Air Force general, and I just, I just thought he was infallible. He was like this great man. And now I'm grown-ish, and I'm like, he's just like me with faults, with vulnerabilities, with pain. You know, I'm like, oh my God, like why did he never show me his tears? Why did he never show me his vulnerability? What did he think he needed? That's what I want to talk. And I'm going, my dad is going to be my guest of honor at the event because I want him to know that when, he, and I, I get emotional because I'm raising three boys and I want him to know that I cry in front of my kids. I want them to see that I'm not perfect. I'm, I feel pain. And it's okay, you know, don't, don't hide it so that your kids grow up to not feel like they need to show this perfection, which is not even real, you know? And maybe I might raise better kids because I showed them that I'm not, I'm nothing perfect and it's okay. So I learned that from watching my dad try his best to be such a perfect man but really, he's not. I'm not. His father wasn't. But I know he learned that from his father. My grandfather was 6'4". This big giant. I never saw him let his guard down. Never. And, and that was unreal. That's not real. And yeah. so when he said Abe Lincoln, allowing his vulnerability to show, I was like, what a man. What a leader. Obama used to cry when he's talking to people. I was like, that is a man who dares to show that it's okay to cry. Yes. Yeah, because you know, I think a lot of it is, you know, we, we fear that if we show pain, if we show hurt, if we show our despair, if we show our tears, that, that we, people will prey upon us. But, but really, people will gravitate towards you because it's, it's not about people don't prey on you when you show your pain. They, they prey on you when they feel like you're, you're going to sit in it and you stay in it. Because when you, when you show your pain, you can also... Uh, it's an opportunity for you to show your purpose. When you show your pain, it, it, you can also show your promise. When you show your pain, you can show your prosperity. So the, the pain is just a, a part of it. It's a part of the growth process. It's, you know, if you played sports, yeah, I played basketball and, and you know, or, and I, or, or I, I use the football analogies. I played high school and college. But you'd be out at practice and you're banging around and you're, and, and you're getting tackled and you're getting hit. And afterwards... And, you know, that's on the field. That's on, that's on display. People see the game. But after the game, when we go into the locker room, there's, a, there's another room with the, with the trainers where, where they ice the, the, the hurt, they ice the pain, where they put on that icy hot. Nobody sees that. They, 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 they see the clanking around. But, but part of the game, every player knew that you had to go and see the athletic trainer right afterwards because damage had been done. And we have to repair it so that you can get back out there and fight another day so that you can recover. 
And so as much as people talk about no pain, no gain, it's no recovery, no gain. You have to learn how to recover when you get hurt. And, 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 the, and the more you, you dial that in, when you dial in your recovery process, when you, when you dial in how to soothe yourself, the coping skills, then it gives you the courage and a confidence to extend yourself and expose yourself and be vulnerable. Mm -hmm. Barack Obama was like, yes, I'm gonna cry. I'll yes. cry in front of you, but you better believe we're gonna get some stuff done. You and better then, then he dared to say, I will cry because I have the audacity of hope. That's Crying right. gives you yes. hope. Crying gives you goals. I love what you said, but I didn't get the third one. There was purpose, there was prosperity, and there was something else. So uh, promise. Promise, thank you. Promise. And I was crying when you were saying that because I have my baby son, I have three sons. Two of them are into, the first one is a musician, the second one is an architect, the third one is a baller. And I know when he comes home from his basketball, I am the one icing his ankle. I am the one giving him the Motrin. But tomorrow he's like, big D, he's out on the court and, he's, and everybody's like, D, 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 you know. But I know when he's home, I know when he's home, he's taking his Motrin and I'm icing his ankles and the next day he's out there again. Thank you for saying that. I needed that picture because I connect with, I connect with it. I connect with that. Amen. Amen. I, I connect and, and thank you for. Uh. And, you know, I, and I love what you said earlier when you talked about how a lot of people can't handle the freedom that comes with stepping out of their pain, moving away from it. And, and, and the, the, the thing is, is that, and we don't talk about this part when we talk about freedom. Everybody wants to be free. They want to be financially free. They want to be this type of free. With freedom comes responsibility. The more freedom you have, the more responsibility you now have. Because it's, it's like if you have financial freedom, now you have a responsibility to give back, to, to volunteer, and to bring others up with you. If, you. if you own a business, now you have a responsibility to employ people. You have a, a responsibility to, to, to teach and nurture and, and learn and grow. It, there, there comes great responsibility with great freedom. And, and, and so you see this in people who, who start to get out their cocoon a little bit, who start to get out their comfort zone, who I, you know, and I'll use myself as an example. When, uh, when I was in high school, my coach, you know, I'm always going back to football because sports, uh, you know, as much as people talk about the violence of sports and the violence of football, what I see uh, when I look up in those fans, I see people of every socioeconomic background, every race, every gender, every uh, every political party coming together Heather. and sharing and and nobody is asking you what your uh sexual identity is they're not asking who you voted for they're not asking what neighborhood you live in or what your record is they don't want to know if you got any felonies on there all they know is that you're cheering for this team i'm cheering for this team we're on the same team and it's a moment where we can be reminded that no matter what divides us, no matter what the news says or what your Facebook feed says, that we as a people are always willing and able to come together, no matter what our differences are on paper, no matter what your immigration status is or your mental health issues are, sports, live events, live music, farmers markets, those are reminders that people can and will come together 
and cooperate and, and collaborate and, and, and form a community and, and, and they're, they're things that bind us. And it's just a reminder, we're not alone. There are people who, who uh, are going and feeling the same things that you feel the, on both sides, that they feel the pain and they feel the process, they feel all the things. So these are, that's why it's important to get out the house and remove yourself from the television. That the television is not your friend. Oh my it's God! Like, Are you? Do you know? My, do you know my dad? Are you sure you're not my brother? Because I was, <laughs> I was raised in a house that my dad downplayed TV so much that today, mm -hmm. I am the one person in this my family who yeah. does. You know, you can turn off all. You can take off all the TVs in the world, and I'm good. Mm -hmm. I mean, I watch it. Um, but I, in my head, I feel like that time I'll never get back. So every now and again, I binge watch Grace and Frankie, or I binge <laughs> um, uh, Queen Sugar, or I binge watch a thing or two. But for the most part, I am usually writing or outside exercising. And I was practicing for my TEDx talk. And I told people, I said, I finally got to know my neighbors because I'm walking around my neighborhood and I'm like, ma'am, do you have a second across the street? Can I practice my TEDx talk on you? They're like, sure, you know, random people I never spoke to. But, but you gotta get out of the house. I love that. And you gotta get and start seeing people. I made new friends with my neighbors since the, since the lockdown. Yeah. Because now I walk twice a day and now I see people that don't walk. The morning people, I, I, and now I know more morning people and I know the evening people, but I never used to walk in the evenings. So it's like, you know, you just gotta do what you gotta do to, to survive. I mean, that's it, that's it. I wish I could sell that to my three children because they can stay in the house, like literally, and have, they have each other, which is great because they're both, they're all boys, but, but they're like, mom, we don't want to catch anything. And they're just, <laughs> they don't want it. <laughs> So they, they, oh, wow. But thank you for that. I needed that picture in my head today. And I well, really you know, and, and, and I think that, you know, the, the sports, live events, and small and farmers markets have in common binders. They're binders. And I never thought about that. And I love that. I love that. Go ahead. And, you know, and for kids, it's, you know, kids, they see their world uh, expanding. It's like they're about to go off to college, they're about to be around all these people. So, uh, they don't. They don't feel that sense of urgency. That you know, I'm 44. Uh, I, you know, you're. I don't know how old you are, but uh, I'm sure you're around the same age bracket. Where we see how easily our, our world can contract and get smaller. So as we get older, we realize we have to make more of an effort because life is not thrusting us naturally into uh, uh, community, into connecting. It's not like you know, where you were going to school every day and surrounded by so many people and you had to work with other people. So you knew that life was going to naturally give you that. Now you have to make an effort. You got to, you got to say hi to your neighbors. You have to join a group. You have to go to a book club. You have to join a gym. You have to, you know, public speak and all these other things. So we have to be more proactive uh, as we get older, unless our life becomes more contractive yes. uh, as, as yeah, we get and, and then enter the depression and then enter Absolutely. the self or woe's meanness. But yeah, I love yeah. what you said. First of all, I'm a 51-year-old queenager, but I appreciate you thinking. Queenager, I love that. I love that. I love that. But I appreciate, but I also love the connection. I'm, I'm really an energy person. Like I, I listened to your, I, 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 I didn't want to go to bed. I was like, I need to, I need more of this, this guy. I, I love your voice. You've got the voice for podcasting definitely and i appreciate that but but then i see your face and you've got the most beautiful eyes in the world i'm like oh my god you need to be on tv and, right. I, and i appreciate what you do comedy just trying to heal people through humor why not 
but then also you're a sage of sorts because you, you, you're speaking way beyond, beyond your years. And I appreciate it. I don't know if I had all that awareness when I was 44. Maybe I did, maybe I didn't. I don't know. But one thing I want to go back to is pain. It is important that we know that we're talking all this smack is not because we don't feel pain, but because we have refused to be held down by our pain. You can sit in your pain or you can stand on your pain. And I choose to stand on my pain for so many reasons. When you stand, you're taller. Your pain is actually hoisting you. But two days ago on my Facebook page or three days ago, I think on Monday, I wrote something about my nine-year-old self when I was, I was molested, I was sexually assaulted when I was nine. And during my event on Sunday, I had, I had done a guided meditation and I took them all back to their nine-year-old self because I usually go back to that girl. And after about 22 minutes of this thing, everyone was crying. People were, you know, talking about what they, they learned and what, what their nine-year-old self said to them. And one guy said his nine-year-old self, he couldn't even pin him down because he was running all around the place. He was running all over the place. And after that was so funny. But then I had to decide to let that girl go already because I've been holding on to her. And so I wrote a piece on my page on Facebook. And you know what? When you see people lean into your vulnerability, I cannot tell you my inbox was a lot 30 people or more and comments all kinds of come oh my god you're so brave oh thank you oh this da, 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 da. then someone said something she said thank you so much for writing this piece because you can't heal from what from what you can't speak and i was like this is so true and because i let myself go to that niagara to set her free but i was able to connect i got like three or four new coaching clients like oh my god because like they're like oh we need you to i said but trust me it's not because i have a great day every day but because i have decided that i gotta let that girl go because i you know and i told her i said look who we became we did all right we did okay you know and i need people to learn that and just don't carry your depression as a crown you know i i don't know it's, it's hard to say it because not everyone gets it it's, it's good, but it's not something that you put before you. People don't see me and see someone who suffers from fibromyalgia or chronic pain. They don't see me as that. It's important that they don't because I know what I suffer from, but you don't need to know that. But when you need to know that, I'll tell it to you. So yeah. you, can, you know, you too are not alone. I am not alone, but I don't put that before, you know, that, oh, that's the girl with fiber. No. Oh, that's the girl that da, da, da. she has fibro. Are you sure? That's what I want people to, to, to say when they think about me. So thank you for just, this just an hour of power is what I want to call it. It's been amazing. And you know, we're not done yet because we can keep on going. Right, right. I just want you to know that I really, truly appreciate your heart and your, and the work you're doing. And you may not know this. If we didn't have the quarantine, I promise you, I would have not met you. So I thank the quarantine. And I know for years to come, we're going to, look back many of us are going to look back and thank the quarantine children are going to thank the quarantine for giving them their parents back pets are going to thank the quarantine for giving them their owners back however if you live in a domestic environment domestic abuse environment or a child abuse environment i know i know that the quarantine will not have been good to you but I learned from a friend of mine that you need to get out of it. And the best way to do it is to call and order pizza. Did you know that, Leo? Well, no, wait, break that down for me. I know. I was like in the zone. 
So I'm going to dial 911. Uh-huh. Hello, my name is Dr. Lulu. Yes, I live on 9129 Flowers Avenue. I would like to order a large pizza with pepperoni. Wow. You see what I just did? Oh, yes, yes, yes. You can hurry. You can bring it. Yeah, we're, 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 hurry up and bring it. We're really hungry. You get that? Hello, uh-huh. 911. This is 911 operator. What's your name? Yeah, my name is Dr. Lulu, and I live on... 69 Flowers Avenue, you get it? Yes, well, I'll try to order some pizza. Yeah, please hurry. That right there, you just called 911 and order pizza, give them your name, give them your address. You see wow. that? I was so happy when I, when I learned that. I was like, this is the best thing I learned from quarantine. Like, this is awesome. So if you're in a bad situation, you can leave that environment. I was in a domestic abuse marriage, I know. And I got out, so you don't have to be. But however, I think that the things that we're going to gain from quarantine are much, much more ever than the things that we lost from quarantine. So over to yeah, you. Yeah, definitely. The, the insights and the, uh, you know, learning what's valuable to us. And, and I appreciate you sharing that story because it's so powerful. And so many people, uh, it's so hard for so many people to make a phone call to whether you're calling, you know, the, the, the police uh, for domestic violence, whether you're calling one eight hundred suicide number, uh, it's so challenging. I, you know, the I called that number twice, the suicide number, and the first time, uh, it was it was two things. One, I was I was just in this I was in this very vulnerable place of where I I had one of those days where it was a great day. It was one of those days where uh, it was it was uh, I had arrived to all the things that I wanted and, 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 and I had the inertia and momentum and, and uh, uh, all, you know, I was just clicking these boxes and, and things were coming into fruition and I should have been the happiest. And I remember uh, I was walking home and uh, the, a wave of suicidality hit me. It was like a sandstorm and that terrified me. Mm-hmm. It terrified me because here I was, I had the day of my life. Everything was, I got everything that I wanted. And, and still I, I was like, I want to fucking jump. Oh my God. And I didn't understand it. I was like, I, I'm firing on all cylinders. Oh. I couldn't have drawn up the plays any better. It was, you know, a drop back pass hit the receiver, he ran, touchdown, I should be celebrating. And I just wanted to, I just wanted to, I remember I was uh, to, to walk, there's a balcony and I just, oh. I was like, why? And, and then I, I, I thought, you know, I, I'd never called this number before and I've been, I've, I've told other people to call it and how could I tell other people to call it if I've never called it? And I was like, this is the time because this is, this is deeper than I understand. And, and I, re, I remember even before that reading it, it, it brought up a, a story that I had read about a, a guy who, uh, he was an actor, I forget his name. And, and he talked about, oh, it was, I think it was Moby. Uh, he talked about his depression and he talked about the moment where you know, they had like millions of album sales and they were touring around the world. And he was in his hotel and it was on the top floor 
and he was looking out and he had this panoramic view, could see for miles. And he's like, where do I go from here? Like, what, what's, what, what, like, this is it. Like, I'm, I'm here and now what? And, and I just was like, oh shit, like, is this that moment for me? And so I called the number and I, and I have to tell you, I don't know. I have friends who uh, are going through the training. Every time you say something, I'm looking it up. <laughs> what? What is that? I said every time you say something, I'm looking it oh. up. Um, but they are so helpful. Uh, they're they're trained so well that from the moment I they answered my call um, and I started talking, I felt immediately. Uh, I felt like I was in good hands. Mm. I felt um, I felt like I was being heard. I felt understood. Uh, I, no, there was no judgment. Like, it, and I, I, there was no fear. Sometimes I think people have a fear of if I call this number that they're just going to automatically call the cops and then oh. you know take you away. I, um, I felt, you know, the, the first thing that they do is they they ask you on a scale of one to ten where, where you are. You know, 10 being like, uh, like this is the end and, and, you know, one being like, I'm good now. And I think I was like, like an eight or nine. Mm. And, uh, and, and as we're talking, you know, we'll be talking and we were talking and we weren't just talking about the depression. That's what was great about the conversation. We we're just talking about depression. Like we, we got into football a little bit and some, some, you know, we got into some side talk topics as long as like I was talking to a friend. And but every now and again, you check in. So what number are we at? Oh, I'd be like, oh, I'm at a, I'm at a five. Oh, and then wow. we talk some more. And then you're like, what number are you at? I'm at a three. Oh, and wow. then, uh, you know, I was like, I'm gonna go now. He goes, before you go, what number are you at? And I was like, I'm at a zero, man. And I was so, and and this all happened within. Wow. I've never like, heard twenty of minutes. From anyone who's called that number before, mm. I've never. Mm. And I actually signed up for the suicide text line, seven four one seven four one. I I started the, the the training, and then I just got distracted, and I didn't go mm-hmm. back. And I think I was afraid that I was gonna be good at it, and mm. too many people would call me, and then I wouldn't be able to save them. So it was more of imposter syndrome. But I signed up for that and actually started and i have coincidentally talked one person to two people now down from the ledge so to say Mm. without that training and my sister said she tagged me on someone on twitter the other day like two or three days ago a guy who wrote a suicide note but i couldn't find the tag but um yeah i have talked a couple of people down the ledge from the ledge but i think i was afraid and maybe i'll go back now that i've spoken to you I, i would like someone to hang up the phone from me and see what she just said. That's the most beautiful thing. And then it's, it's, a, it's funny, we got to the, towards the end of the interview to talk about the, the whole reason why we even right. are doing this podcast, but it's fine. It, it was organic, it was naturally went with a natural flow. But thank you for that. You said you, you called the number twice though. What about the second time, what happened? The, the second time was the same. It was, uh, you know, I, I was in Vegas and it was, uh, I just felt, it, it, I, you know, I, I do shows in Vegas and uh, the first in the, in the shows were seven days and seven days in Vegas, you're in this hotel and it's, 
it's kind of it's kind of strange because I don't drink, I don't smoke, I don't gamble. Me too. Oh my goodness, you are my my younger brother. I swear to God. <laughs> I just told you I don't even drink coffee. Like I yeah, I'll be buzzed. <laughs> yeah, and and so born, it was. Just, were you born uh, in March by any chance? Were you born in March? March eighteenth. I knew it. <laughs> you know my birth. You know my birthday. When's your birthday? March eleven. Oh, we're both a Pisces. I know. I love it. My girlfriend is a Pisces. Also. About the energy, I'm telling you. I'm telling you. I, I, mm. <laughs> Keep going. Keep going. Um, and and so it was. You know, I was there for a week, and uh, I don't know. It was just one of those nights where you know I put, I did two shows and. I gave so so much, and I just felt like, um, like I'm doing what I love to do. And this was another thing where, like, my my one of my dreams was to perform in Vegas, and and here I am now living the dream. And I'm just like, why do I feel so exactly. empty? Like, there's like this is all there is, and 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 it's and it plays with you because you're in a place where you, there's you see so much. This sensory overload and and people are having fun and the ding 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 and the bright lights and the the girls and um and a man's a man's dream come true. Yeah. But I'm gonna I'm gonna let you finish that because there's something I want to tell you about that. And I, I, go ahead. I love I love where you're going. And uh, and I was just like, God, I even in in all this, like there's you know the amount of food and I was like, like. There's, I'm missing something. You know, I was like, a, and uh, I, so I called the number that night because I was like, I don't, I don't know where I'm at, but I don't like where I'm at. Mm. And, and let me call them to see, but to, to create some space so that I, I, I don't want to let this go. So I don't want my, my back pain to become a slip disc to then I, I, now I can't move at all. Um, and so I said, let me call them. And once again, I think I was like at like a seven or eight and they brought me down to a one. And, um, but what I realized after, cause you know, they talk about like when celebrities commit, uh, when celebrities end their life, there's a spike in the numbers. And I think part of the reason is uh, is that when we hear about the the, the deaths, we uh, we just see that we just read the headline and maybe a, a couple pieces, and then we read everybody's comments about it, and and that spirals us out. But when I read about a celebrity death like uh, Kate Spade, Anthony <laughs> Bourdain, what I like to do, what that's really a great opportunity to do is to explore their story right don't just read the headlines read read all their past interviews watch uh uh you know uh, their their signs that the interviews that come out after are really the impactful that's ones, exactly right? right because with anthony bourdain he talked about how he's traveling first he said he didn't expect to live that long in his 20s he was like he was like, I don't expect to hit 40. And then he did that. And, um, but he didn't expect to hit his 20s because he, he was into drugs and alcohol. But the, uh, he talked about how he's traveling the world, going to all these different places, but he's alone. 
you know, he's with his camera crew. Oh, my just, God. Oh, Thank his you. wife and his kid are at, are at home. He goes, there's nothing worse than being in the best hotel, in the best city, in the best country with the best views oh. by yourself. There's nothing worse. And he was like, it was just night after night of eating the best foods alone. The, uh, of, and it goes back to connection. Yes. And, and so when I was in, when I looked back on Vegas, I realized I was like, I'm alone. I, I don't have connections here. And, I, and so I made a vow to myself that I would, I would do things in a community more. I would, I would, I left, I would sleep every night with, a, with the uh, uh, windows open. So I had panoramic views in a hotel. And let the, I was like, when the sun wakes me up in the morning, that's when I'm going to get up and I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to go hiking. I'm going to explore. I'm going to go to a different place every day. I'm going to take classes in Vegas. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to engage in the city of Las Vegas and expand it beyond just the strip. So I was like, I have to be proactive and I have to, I have to, I have to nudge myself in the direction of connecting with the community of Las Vegas. Because the, the money is not enough. The performance is not enough. There, I have to feel connected to the place that, that I'm at. I'm glad you said that because something I wrote down earlier in this, in this interview was, what is the antidote of hopelessness? Mm -hmm. The antidote of hopelessness is set a goal. Mm -hmm. And that's exactly what you just said. Mm -hmm. And I didn't mention it because I was waiting for you to just get. Mm -hmm. no. Once you set a goal, I don't care what the goal is. For you, it was to hike, to let the, the sun in, to get connected with people, to do X, Y, Z. Bottom line is you took the spotlight out of you, away from you. And I do this with my teenage patients that I counsel, that I coach, that, I, that are my patients. I asked them, I said, I had one, and just, I, I use this example all the time. She called me a few weeks ago. She said, Dr. Lulu, oh my God, I need to see you. Oh my goodness, I've had such a bad week. It's been terrible. I can't wait for our appointment. Da, 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 da. I said, good. I said, do me a favor. Write down all of these things. Write them down in your book. You know, get ready to, to tell me. And then once you're done writing, call five of your friends and tell them that Dr. Lulu said, how can I make your day better today? How can I make you happy? What can I do to help? This was during the COVID-19. How can I help your day move forward? You know what she said to me on Tuesday? Oh, Dr. Lulu, by, the third, by my third friend, I was so happy. I, da, 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 da. I said, really? Because she set a goal. Whether it was me that gave her the goal, either way, she set a goal. Today, I'm going to call five of my friends and I'm going to make them feel better. Enter volunteering. Isn't that what it is? Selflessness. Isn't that what it is? The opposite of hopelessness or helplessness rather is helpfulness. Do something for somebody else. You will see how quickly that thought will vanish. Or even if you do something for yourself, because that's self-compassion, you know, put your own mask first. Either way, do something. Self-counsel, you know. I love the fact that you came up with, I'll do this, I'll do that, I'll do this. And I don't know how long ago that was that you make that second phone call, but I bet you, you haven't had to make that call again because every time you see yourself going there, what are you doing? Setting a goal. All right, today we're going to plant almonds, whatever. <laughs> you know, I'm just saying, put that goal and stick to it. You have no time to think about yourself. No, I actually, I have a list. 
Because, you know, my podcast is uh, Before You Kill Yourself. Yes, I, I, we haven't talked about that because we haven't had a chance to. Usually towards the end of the <laughs> I ask you, where can people find you? And all that, but we, we've just been having such an organic. Absolutely. Oh, oh my God, just mind-blowing. And I'm supposed to be on your podcast next Friday. I don't even know yeah. what we're going to talk about. <laughs> it's so amazing. So amazing. Um, and so I keep a list in my phone of things I want to do before I kill myself. Oh, and I keep growing it. And, and that came from uh, the, the founder of Kodak. You heard of Kodak Cameras, um, that company. I forget the guy's name who founded and uh, created. Maybe that uh, last name was Kodak. I don't know. I grew up, I'm a child of the 80s. I was born in the 60s. So I know Kodak too well. My yeah. son probably doesn't. I have a, I have a, a red telephone that has the, the dial thing. The yeah. very first time my kids saw that telephone at a flea market, I said, mom, what's that? I said, it's a phone. How is it a phone? What is it? How do you? <laughs> on it? And so it's in my house to remind them that I might have a lot of rags, but they can never have as many rags as, I mean, yeah, is that it? Yeah. And as it's an African proverb, you can never have as many rags as your parents, as your mother, really, as your, as your father. No matter how many new clothes you have, you can ha never have as many rags as your parents, which means I have experience that you can never have. So that phone is in my house. It's my favorite color red to remind them from whence I come. I come from a world where we had phones that you have to carry your phone to the room so you can call your friend yeah. with the coat. <laughs> And the cord to be all over the place. Yeah, when the yeah. phone rings, everybody will hear that there's a phone call. You can't, not now that you can put it on silent, vibrate, nah, none of that. <laughs> so <laughs> wow, that's amazing. That's amazing. I love it. So can you give us your top 10? I mean, this is amazing because I'm about to, I'm going to go, I'm going to do that on my Facebook Live one of these days. I'm going to steal it again from you. Oh my goodness. Let's have your top 10. Top 10 what? The things you need to do before you kill yourself. Oh, 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 oh. Uh, <laughs> top 10. Are, let me see. Let me pull up the pull up the list here. Where are... Because I heard you talking about it in one of your podcasts. I know. So, yeah, I just I keep adding to it. I and love. So, it. You know what? And and I'll just go off the top of my head uh, because it's it's. You don't have to be top ten. Just so any of them. So any one of is uh, visit all seven continents. Ah. Um, I've been to five. I have Australia and Antarctica left. So, uh, yeah, and it's like, you know, it, it's such a, a, a ridiculous thing to go to Antarctica, but um, I'm always, anytime I travel, it, it expands my, my vision, it expands my perspective, it expands my thoughts and my ideas, and it, it gets me excited, you know, it's like, oh yeah, I got that to do, so when you, when you have something that's a little bit bigger than you, what it does is it, it makes you go, well, I got to take care of today so I can get to that moment. If I don't take care of this moment, if I don't, if I'm not healthy, if I'm not eating right, I'll never get to that moment. So I'm it, done. I'm done. It my wife always crazy. tells me that when I interview my guests that I talk too much, but I swear to God, I want to just keep, cause you just, you're just hitting it. You're hitting it, hitting it, hitting it so hard. The fact that traveling opens your horizons and just, oh my God, it's like limitless. I love packing to travel. I love going to the airport. I love being at the airport. I love arriving. I love the process of traveling, like mm. what it takes to get to travel, the anticipation. Oh, we're leaving in two days. We wake up at four o'clock in the morning to get ready to go. I, you know, did you get the snacks? And are we going to stop at the rest 
area. I love the whole process that it takes to travel. Yes. Because I've traveled a lot. And one of my trips, I was supposed to be speaking in Paris last month. But of course, COVID-19 took it from me. But that's okay. I've been to Gay Paris before. And I speak French. Je parle français. So it's okay. But I'm just happy that someone else shares my passion of the process of traveling. Not just traveling. Oh, my God. I love it. I, I love, I love, I love like the, the trying to hack, hacking jet lag of like, okay, I gotta, I gotta take a red eye. I'm landing at 8 a.m. I have to give a speech at two and then I have another speech at eight. So how do I show up? How do I show up optimally? How do I, what, what do I have to eat? How do I have to sleep? Uh, what, a, what a routine do I have to have in place? You know, I, I love the, the hacking of the, of you know, I'm, I'm not gonna let jet lag dictate how no, I No, no, see, that's the funny thing. You say you say I'm gonna take the red eye, and I get there at eight o'clock. I'll take, a, I'll get a shut eye for like two hours. No, you're gonna get there pumped. You'll be like walking the streets. Of, wait, wait, did you take the red eye? Yeah, I took the red eye. I'm good. Yeah. Now tonight, <laughs> I'm gonna have a major down, which is what I was gonna say. Remind me to tell you something. And I think every single time I've had an event. Every single time I've had an event, the anticipation of the event has been awesome. And then after the event, and usually they are successful, I get a major down. And that is what you experience every time you sell, you've told us, you've called the number. Because you've had so much success, like so much. And then it's like, well, was that me? Did I just pull that off? And now I have a down. So this time around when I had an event, I was, in, I was intentional. I looked the down in the eye. I said, no, I will not have a down. So what I did was after my event, I purposely made dinner. Then I took a walk around the neighborhood. Then I took a bath. Then I got a massage. Then I, took, then I went to sleep at 10 o'clock and it was like the best sleep ever. But I refused to get a down. So I'm just trying to tell you because both of us are basically performers. Next time you have a big event, I want you to be intentional. And the way you do it is essentially... Remember the old days when we had the eight tracks when you take the needle and put it on the track you want to listen to? The <laughs> old gramophone. I need you to do that about yourself. <laughs> yeah, and then preparation is key. Be prepared for the fact that there's going to be a down. You see, I had noticed it and I was like, wait, I don't like those downs. I don't like them because my kids are like, but mom, your event was a success. I said, I know it was a success, but I feel, I feel, I feel weird. So guess what? Now, this last event was so successful. Let me tell you what happened. I had to tell the people to go. I was like, guys, get out, go. I felt like Martin. I was like, it's over. The event is, nobody wanted to leave. But after the event, I cooked dinner. And then I took a walk. And my wife was like, she, she could tell I had that nervous energy. She's like, she said, go take a walk. And I was like, okay. So I went and took a walk. Then I came back and then ate dinner. Then I took a bath. Then I got a massage. Then I went to bed. You know, so I made sure I didn't allow myself to just have nothing planned. So for you, you see what you did? You kind of sort of did that. Now you said to yourself, after my event, I'm going to go hike. I'm going to go. So now you've put that in place to prevent that down. Yeah. I just- love that. I love that. I love that. I, I love the double downing. I'm taking, I'm taking a copious amount of notes over here. So that, you want to look I, at my, this is my second page. This is like, <laughs> I love it. I love it. And I love you for, for allowing, your, allowing your vulnerability to show. Yes. I love that. Real men cry. 
And as a matter of fact, I, I'm going to put you in touch with my good friend, Andy Grant. If you don't know him, his podcast is called Real Men Feel. And he is my brother from a white mother. He has the most authentic podcast out there, as far as I'm concerned. As a matter of fact, after the shooting of Aubrey, he put a, a little group of us together, me and two other black brothers. We had an impromptu podcast that lasted like an hour and some change, just talking about raising black men in America. Because I have three boys, and I told a story about how my two boys went running one evening and then they were escorted home by a police car in the neighborhood that they live in. Mm. And now my eldest son, he won't have it. He won't go running anymore. And I don't want that, but I understand how he feels as a mother, seeing people like him every single day. I mean, that's a whole day's, another day's podcast, but I just wanted to tell you who Andy is. And I'm going to hook you up with him because an awesome guy. Both of you are bald. <laughs> so that's the start. Uh but he's the most authentic man. He's walked the walk of suicide so many times that he wrote the foreword in my second book. My second book is about teen suicide prevention and just teen suicide. It's called A Teen's Life. And since you're such a big reader, maybe I'll send you a copy. Please. Um, I will, I will. But he, 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 he wrote the foreword in that book and he talked about how when he was a teenager, he wished he had had a doctor like Dr. Lulu, because I get it. And I, and I thank him so much. And I send folks his way. Every time I find a, an authentic male, I send them his way because he has an awesome podcast. And I think you guys will be just, you will, you will have a good time. And I might even make a cameo. Who knows? Wink, wink. Yeah. <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> it happening. So thank you so much, Leo. Thank we you. could keep going, but I know it must come to an end. I need you to prepare. Yes. Preparation is key. When you prepare for something, it makes it look easy. And now you prepare for every time you had a good show, you are ready to do something, put something for after the show, and then you yes. won't get those downs. Bless you. Bless you. Thank you so much. Muchisimas gracias de mi corazón. Thank you from the bottom of my heart for sharing your morning with me. I know it was early in San Diego. It was 7 o'clock and you were ready. You were pumped. Ready. Let's go. Let's go. <laughs> I wake up at 5.36 every morning. I don't care when I go to bed. I wake up at that time. And I, I get a lot more done. I'm writing my third book. And I just, I just point to my, into the pages of my book. And I just I love the mornings. And so thank you so much. Where can the listeners find you? On my most famous guest ever. <laughs> I got dressed for you today, my brother. I was like, I'm looking fly for my brother today. So where can the listeners find everything that you do? My oh, podcast but, is... I went to your, to your website and it is the cleanest website I've ever <laughs> I was going to tell you that I need... Whoever did your website, I don't know if I can afford them, but it's so clean. No, I'll, I'll send. I'll send them. It's it's, it's affordable. I'll, I'll I'll send the the reference your way for sure. Let me write that down. Yes. Website. So clean. Oh. Yeah, yeah. That that's that was that's very important to me. I don't like was a lot of clutter. It's, was it intentional? Know, <laughs> it's very intentional. It was. Oh. <laughs> It took it now. It took a while to get that way. It hadn't always been like that, but it, it definitely was a, a process, mm -hmm. as we've been we've been talking about. Awesome. Um, 
so uh, you can check out my podcast is on iTunes, Spotify, Stitchers, and all the platforms. It's called Before You Kill Yourself. And um, it, it got that title because that window between, uh, you know, that space between stimulus and response is very small. Mm-hmm. And it's very fragile. And, and a lot of times people report that if somebody had just said hi or somebody yeah. just gave them a hug or if they just got a phone call or a text, uh, they wouldn't have attempted. And so I want to be that phone call. I want to be that text. I also want to remind you of, of, of how small that window is. And if, if we can breathe through it, uh, we can come out on the other side. So before you kill yourself, did you do the laundry? Have you, have you, have you cut up the carrots? Have you, <laughs> have, you, have you gone for a walk around the block? Have you called a friend? Have you, have you, you know, have you, have you folded your socks? Like these little things that just buy us time to just kind of bring us from an eight to a seven, to a five, to a three, to a one, right? It's, it's, it's such a small window. And if we can, we can, if we can breathe through it, we can get through it. Um, and, and then you can go to my, uh, if you want one-on-one coaching with, with myself, uh, thrivewithleo.com, Thrive with Leo for one-on-one coaching with myself. So, but if you go to leoflowers.com, it, it links to all that stuff, but, uh, directly before you kill yourself is the podcast and then Thrive with Leo for coaching with yours truly. Um, and, and that's it. I love it. And needless to say, because you're a coach, you will never, ever kill yourself because you always have one more person who is going to want you to coach them. And so That's there right. you go. So yeah. I'm putting that to you, my brother, Leo. You. And, I, and I, I have something to tell you when we get off. off okay. the, because I, I think I want us to do it. I, I'm going to tell you about it in a second. But so... Ladies and gentlemen, this is Dr. Lulu, a.k.a. The Mom Attrition. I'm usually very energized. Y'all know me. I keep sit real 100% (laughs) all day. I had the most amazing guest, Leo. He came here. He laid the out of it down, and he just got vulnerable, allowed himself to break, and then rebuilt himself really quickly. He recovered. That recovery time is important, my people. Allow yourself to break, but you must recover. And for the Christians, you know how I, you know how I say, even Jesus fell not once, not twice, but three times. And even at the third time, he reached out for help. And he got the help from Simon of Cyrene, who was given the cross to carry. If Jesus can ask for help, you can ask for help. Two words, reach out. Three hours, recognize the pain. Reach out and, of course, rise up. Rise up, because you can do it. Y'all, this is y'all, y'all, this is Dr. Lulu, aka the Momatrician. Please download this podcast, share this podcast, give me a review, and I'll see you next week. So this is Dr. Lulu, aka the Momatrician, signing out. Deuces. <laughs>